nourish your soul with your turquoise angel guide, Catherine M. Lau, and her variety of guests on the Celestial Spoon, formerly Spiritual Destination. As an author and speaker about mental illness, Catherine has first-hand experience with mental and physical interactions and how spirituality plays a part in overcoming struggles. She utilizes her skills as a psychic medium and spiritual advisor to guide others to feel invigorated and empowered to go forward in their own struggles. Listen to inspirational conversations relating to sometimes difficult emotional journeys towards self-awareness and spirituality. These journeys brought positive effects toward her guests' mental and physical health and will inspire you to take action and create a healthier and happier personal environment for yourself and those you interact with. You will get the feeling of knowing these people during these relaxing conversations and want to follow them. Now, here's your host, Catherine M. Lau. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of The Celestial Spoon. Thank you for taking the time from your busy day to spend with us and learning about my two guests. We are already into February in 2019, it's February 2nd, and my prayers go out to everyone to continue having a wonderful year and all my best to all of you. Please remember to subscribe to my podcast and so you don't miss any important inf- <coughs> excuse me, information shared with my guests because I only interview people that have wonderful information to bring to you. And you can learn more and find the links on my website at thecelestialspoon.com. Please also share these shows with your friends so that they gain value from my guests. I am your turquoise turquoise angel guide and award-winning author and speaker, advocate for mental health, psychic medium, and spiritual guide along with being a wife, mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother. I share my journey of healing and accomplishment after a suicide attempt in 2014 to inspire others to make themselves come first and listen to their inner voice. I offer spiritual guidance to help you through your struggles. I also do psychic readings and spiritual guidance for every aspect of your life. Please check it out on my website and learn more there. We ask our spirit guides, loved ones, and angels to be present during our time together and to guide us through a wonderful conversation and help us share our visions with the world. I am excited today to be interviewing both Dr. Elspeth Muth and Freddie Zentel Weaver. I hope I said them right who have assisted thousands of couples and singles create lasting intimacy and fulfillment in their relationships. They are featured on Showtime's documentary series, Sexual Healing, and the Emmy Award-winning NBC show, Starting Over. Best-selling authors of Sexual Enlightenment, endorsed by world-renowned spiritual pioneer, Dr. Michael Beckwith and the co-founders of Tantra Nova Institute in Chicago. So I'm looking forward to learning more about the tantric intimacy and um, some little tips that, that may help me personally. So we may get a little bit into detail today. And if you feel a little bit leery about this conversation, I welcome you to listen to another one. Or maybe you'll learn something that you didn't know before. So hi, Elizabeth and Freddie. How are you? Oh, hi, Catherine. I'm just absolutely splendid. Hi, Catherine. Feeling great. Thanks for having us on your show. Thank you, Elspeth and Freddie, for being here. Like I said, I am very excited because um, I'm I'm looking forward to learning some insights to a couple questions that I have, and hopefully without me having to ask the questions, that you will answer them. <laughs> so <laughs> before we get started, I am going to pull some cards, and Elspeth, I am going to pull this card for you first, and it's from the Archangel Michael deck. Positive thoughts create positive results. 
and this is such an energetic card. It's Archangel Michael, but his wings are super large. They're bigger than his body, like doubled on both sides. And it's his energy that I think you've been working with most of your life, if you realize it or not. But his energy is what flows through you, and it flows right back out of you. And it shows how heart-centered that you are. And I believe you've been on a healing journey since you were a young child, and it just took time to evolve into the avenue that you chose now. And I feel all of this is very spiritual, and what we're going to learn today will be a lot of spiritually-based information with your investigation into everything. So know a lot about power coming from Archangel Michael and the colors of these cars are just really powerful um, purple because that's the representation of Michael and then like a turquoise blue background and some green mixed in with all pastel colors and then I wanted to pull a second card and this one is from the Archangel Oracle deck and it's sensitivity and I'm feeling that all your life that, as I said first, I feel you were on a healing journey, that the sensitivity is what created this movement or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's showing that you got back down to nature and this angel is in all white. Her wings are beautifully up above her shoulders and then back down and out, looking like when a bird is starting to flap its feathers. And she's playing a harp. She's in the, the um, I guess she's in the forest, and there's a lot of flowers around her. And so much beauty. So again, the beauty is coming from within, and you love to share as much of yourself and everyone to everyone in the world. Does this all make sense? It so resonates, Catherine, so absolutely to the core. Okay. Did you know that you have been working with Archangel Michael? I did not know. I have not called it that way. However, what you shared in the card is very much the feeling and vibration I have had particularly over the last little while, more so, uh, and what you shared, that uh, tapping into that, what I came in with, or even as a child, that this is like unfolding in greater consciousness at this time in my life. That is beautiful. Thank you. Oh, thank you. This was phenomenal. Yes. This is phenomenal. Yes. It is. I love sharing with my guests and everybody because I I have a gift and I just love to bring out the good in everybody. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. So this next card was meant originally for you, Freddie, from the Archangel Michael deck, but it's actually about the conversation we're about to have. And so it's meant for the audience Romance angels are helping you. It's so interesting how these come about for what we're going to talk about. So this is Archangel Michael, and he's got these, they, it looks like little children as angels around him, and he's showing his love to them. And this is the prayer on the card that I want everybody in the audience to pay attention to. It's, Dear Guardian Angels, of my soulmate. Thank you for preparing my soulmate and me for love, for giving us the motivation to make healthful life changes, and for arranging for us to, re us to meet. Thank you for helping us recognize each other and have the courage to say hello so that we can eventually delve into truly intimate relationships. So remember this prayer to Archangel Michael, and as you're listening to Elspeth and Freddie, remember to incorporate what this says, that the romance angels are helping you. Mm -hmm. So we are going to go to one for you, Freddie. And mm -hmm. this one is from the Archangel deck, 
and it says victory and it's Archangel Sandalfon your prayers have been heard and answered and have faith and again these wings are it's like you and Elspeth are echoing off each other these wings are also twice the size of this angel and they're facing up to the sky and he's he's blowing into an instrument um, it looks almost like a trumpet but it's just a long pipe with an open end and it's like you you're tooting your horn and you love to toot your horn about what you've learned in life and helping people and again the the colors are the same you have the purple and the blues and then all the light pastel colors so it shows your inner beauty also and that everything from you is connected to God and source and back into you and back out into the world so that one is amazing and I know I didn't read a lot of your story because I don't like to so I can do accurate readings mm. so I, I know that you have victory in everything that you help people with does that make a lot of sense yeah that really hits on it's uh, interesting how uh, intuitive that reading is in terms of my work that I do and have been doing and what inspires me about what I do in terms mm. of sharing with others something that will inspire them to be more full in their life and um, you know and actualized yes and it has it's like a maroon color um, sash holding a medal over his heart so I feel that you won an award for something. Is that true? Well, I was an athlete in college and, and in high school, and I, you know, won championships and so on there. Ah, okay. Yeah, because that was like it brought the focus right to that. Okay, wow. so that that really tied it in together. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> so let's talk to you, both of you, whoever wants to go first of. How did you come to sharing this intimacy and love message? Okay, well, I'll start first. Um, so I was uh, first introduced to the practices that we teach in, in our institute when I was 13 years old. I was living in the beautiful islands of Hawaii with my dad, who at the time was a practicing psychiatrist. And I, at 13, was going through my puberty and spending a lot of time in the shower. <laughs> mm. and, and so... He took pity on me, probably thought I was going to hurt myself in there, and gave me a book <laughs> to read on how to integrate meditation and sex practices, self-love practices. So I enjoyed that. Uh, it really turbocharged my focus on my athletics and my uh, academics, and I was eventually able to get a scholarship to college in athletics. I continued to read uh, after college and do workshops and apply these principles in my life and in my relationships. And Eventually, uh, after a long while in the software business, I uh, was moved to Chicago, and I was single at the time, 18 years ago, and I was online looking for a, a partner. And uh, Elsbeth had her profile online, so we're one of the early uh, Internet uh, dating couple, <laughs> and we met. Yeah. And she'll tell you her story, but she uh, anyway, we combined our resources, that was 18 years ago, to create this institute, Tantra Nova Institute teaching the very principles that I learned and that she learned, and we, I subsequently also went through this uh, certification training that she went through, and we put together our own curriculum, and thusly, you know, 18 years ago, we've uh, since worked with thousands of couples all over the world and singles, and we've uh, written book, uh, tapes, we've been on all kinds of television shows, uh, and we continue to love what we do and are very inspired by what we see people come away with in terms of their own clarity about what they most deeply desire in their life. Uh, and we'll get into the nuts and bolts of how this is unique as a transformational vehicle. There's so many ways to learn and how to be more effective in our life. And one of the things that we teach is really how to tap into the energetic self. And we do that very uniquely, and we'll share more about that. But that's how I got started. And, uh, yeah, this is an exciting conversation. Oh, for sure. Yes, yes, yes. I want to interject before, Elizabeth, before you speak, because I, I would like to know a little bit what does tantric or tantra mean? Mm. 
Okay, well, Tantra has many variations. We're Tantra Nova, Tantra Nu, so we're working with the energetics of the yoga of Tantra, which was one of the original yogas of the energetic body, as opposed to Hatha Yoga of the physical form, which is what most people are familiar with. Though it's all energy, and we're just a denser form of it. Um, so what we've done is we've taken the yoga of Tantra and integrated it with some of the, uh, the Eastern approach of Tantra, with some of the Western approaches to transformation uh, in terms of generative language, creative self-discovery, uh, how we discover ourselves in the creative process, music, movement, our generative language, how we create our reality and language, and working consciously with sexual energy, which is unique with the work that we do. And we have very specific distinctions that we teach in our workshops on how to draw on what we call the systemic intelligence of this life force or sexual energy, which at the core, it's creative, it creates life, and it's pleasurable when that form of energy manifests. So what happens when you bring consciousness to the sexual is creativity and pleasure start showing up in areas of life that seem completely unrelated to sex, just in the simple process of living. Um, so yeah. that's a little bit about what Tantra is, and Tantra Nova particularly. And we'll get more into that as we unwrap this, this conundrum. <laughs> Thank you, yes. <laughs> Thank you for that explanation. Mm, so, Elspeth, yes, go ahead, Freddie. No, just thank you for the question. Yes. Elspeth, how are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm just listening and tuning. And so, do you want me to go? Yes, please share your background. Yes. So, unlike Freddie, who was introduced uh, to this tantric sex practice, early on in his life by his dad. I mean, truly, I wish I would have had a dad who would have given me a book on sex consciousness when I was a teenager, but that mm -hmm. was not so at all. I think it's probably more, I'm more typical than Freddie is <laughs> okay. in terms of how we are introduced to that life force energy that is so magnificent that has brought us forth into this world. So... I, as you probably can tell from my accent, I grew up in Germany, and mm. in my late 20s, I came to the United States to do postgraduate work in music, and then, you know, instead of going home after a year, I just stayed on because I started loving it here in the States, and then uh, went on to get my doctorate in education, and from there, I became a management consultant. So that was in the 90s, and I was traveling the world and became quite good at the consulting. However, I was miserable in terms of relationship because, you know, Catherine, I had this pattern of attracting unavailable men. And while that was exciting at times, most of the time I was alone. And I vividly remember one of these moments when I felt really despaired, like, will I have to leave this planet without ever having experienced fulfilling, lasting intimacy? Mm. And that was so daunting that I said, no, Elspeth, you need to do something about it. There may be something eluding you. Why don't you go and see what that is? And so I delved deeply into meditation, went to the south of France, uh, to Plum Village, with Titnatan, who is a Vietnamese monk. And in these 10 days of silent meditation, silent eating meditation, walking meditation, sitting meditation, where I was so confronted with myself, because there was no lover around that I could blame for my feelings. You know, mm -hmm. so it was excruciating. <laughs> However, what I came away with was that I got that I'm the generator of my feelings. Mm. And that altered my life. From that time then, shortly after, I decided to go to a Tantra workshop in Mexico. And that was opened up a whole other level of healing which had to do with really shifting 
the underlying distrust that I had held towards men. And I didn't know about that until I actually did my tantric healing because, you know, that distrust really produced the unavailability. It was like I proved to myself that men are not available to me so I couldn't trust them, you know? Mm. Yes. So, and then... um, because there was such an opening, I decided to go through a certification program, Tantra certification program. Never mind, I was still a management consultant, but I felt like there was something in it for me. And once I completed the program, I was ready for the beloved. And so within six months of my tantric healing, Freddie came into my life. Mm-hmm. And it was quite magical. And now I can see what was different, which had to do with me recalibrating, you know, shifting out of distrust and out of despair into healing of myself, trusting myself, trusting men in general, and then he showed up. So I could really see him. And, you know... Upon our meeting within two months, we decided to start on Genova. I mean, we were brought together for a purpose. And ever since, that was 19 years ago, we have been creating together, loving together, and sharing the beauty of love, intimacy, and sexual, spiritual fulfillment with individuals and couples all over the world. Well, that's wonderful. And I want, want to let my audience know that I met the two of you through a speaker talent search, and I watched the video, and I could feel the energy and see the love and connection with the two of you. And I was excited to get to meet you and to share you with the world. So thank you again for being here. Mm, thank yeah. you so much for sharing our message with your community and we get to share it then with our community once the podcast is up. Yes, thank you so much for that. Mm. So I think we answered a couple of the questions that I was going to ask. So how about I just let the two of you talk and then I'll interject if I have any specific questions. Okay. Well, I I mentioned earlier unpacking this whole idea of what we do as a transformational vehicle that's unique. And so Tantra, and what is unique about Tantra is working consciously with sexual energy. And there's specific distinctions that one must learn to be able to do that, even though whether you're doing our workshop or not, when we're in our sexual energy, we're more open, loving, vulnerable, receptive. Chemically, we're changed, oxytocin is released, endorphin, serotonin. So when we bring, as I mentioned earlier, consciousness to the sexual, and we teach very specific distinctions around how to bring consciousness to that energy, we start to get more deeply connected with ourselves. Intimacy starts to occur. Into me, I see. And that vulnerability aligned with an intention allows us to get more connected to, again, our most deeply desired uh, intentions of what we want more of in our life. Mm-hmm. Yes, so let me build on that. Um, what I want to uh, add here and bring to the conversation is that our sexual is actually the, the other side of the spiritual. So they are two sides of the same coin. However, through history and through world religions, we have gotten pretty compartmentalized like there's the sexual and then there's the spiritual. Um, However, they really uh, communicate with each other if we are open to listen. And then they can embellish each other. So if we look at the human being, we are of uh, earthliness and we are of heavenliness. So our earthliness shows up more in our lower body, in the lower energy centers or chakras or energy vortices. This is where we are connected to the earth, and we want to be grounded there. And then we want to be connected through our crown chakra with the heavens. Simultaneously, it's not an either-or. So if we are more in our upper chakras, we may be disconnected 
from our earthly self or vice versa. If we are more connected with our earthly self, we may be disconnected or not as connected with our spiritual heavenly self. Mm-hmm. And so the beauty of the tantric practice is that we get to rediscover this connection within us where our earthly, physical, sexual self can be connected with to support our love and heart self and our spiritual self, including the listening to the spiritual. And then the spiritual can be drawn down through the heart into our sexual self so that our sexual self gets informed by the spiritual, including by our angels, including by the universal wisdom that we all have access to once we are open. Yeah, I want to keep building on this as well. Is there anything okay. there you wanted to add? Um, I am just mm-hmm. absorbing and understanding. Um, I could say that I am more spiritually connected than grounded. So that will start the conversation towards me <laughs> a little bit. But go ahead, Freddie. Thank you. Okay, I just want to, Elspeth's got something. I want to say something real quick around this. Sometimes this conversation can feel a little bit like, what does that have to do with anything else in life other than making babies or just having fun? Because the sexual piece is very loaded for us uh, as as humans, and and Elspeth mentioned some of the reasons why in terms of what we've learned over the, the millennia through, you know, oftentimes organized religions and so on. Um... But really, and you know, so that encapsulation is like it's like shame, fear, guilt, you know, old story, embarrassment, and so on. Mm-hmm. And at the core of the sexual energy, it's, as I mentioned earlier, creative and pleasurable. And so if we think of that as the essence of that energy, right, and not think of anything even physical about it, but if you were just in that energy, things would be working in your life. So again, to be able to consciously in a subtle way draw on that energy, which is what starts to occur for people as they do this work, that creativity and pleasure start becoming more available to them in their life. Um, You know, we could teach these practices to nuns and priests. It's not about really even having sex. It's about being able to be uh, in the energy of that. And that's Mm -hmm. what starts to show up. Mm Elspeth? Yeah, so it's really tapping into our life force energy because life force and sexual energy are the same. It's the very energy that brought us into this life. Mm. Without it, none of us would be talking here together and so this is you know it's this powerful energy one other thing is like that you know in school we don't learn about our life force energy we may learn about nuclear energy electrical energy thermal energy and while nuclear energy for example is extremely powerful it can destroy the planet it can you know heat up our homes However, it cannot bring forth life. So our life force energy is the most powerful energy there is in this world. And so learning practices to tap into that life force energy to enliven our physical self, our emotional well-being, our spiritual connection. You know, how beautiful could that be? really being supported like that and turbocharging ourselves. And that is what this is about in really coming to greater wholeness within. Because as long as we may be disconnected from this energy, we may not be fully alive. I'm not saying, you know, we still walk around this planet. Mm -hmm. However, in that drawing on it, as Freddie called it, knowing how to connect with this energy and breathing up that energy, that can enliven us and then, of course, our relationships. And some of it we can do on a subtle level. It doesn't always have to be an aroused energy. And at certain moments, the energy may be aroused either in self-love 
or in the loving with another. Very interesting. I'm just thinking about how it ties into me as a physical being with many health problems. Mm, yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned earlier that, you know, we often are our own self-fulfilling prophecy. And there's mm -hmm. so much power in what we're thinking. And those stories of what we're thinking come from places that are way you know, before anything that's in our present moment oftentimes. We're often triggered in our present moment by things and stories that live for us in our mind and in our body uh, and in our energy and our spirit uh, from things that, that were, you know, traumatic in the past, particularly those things that are not healthy for us, thoughts and so on. Um, so we, I think, you know, obviously there's times when we need to take medication and times we need to get surgery and a lot of the illness that we, you know, have can be shifted, I believe, with our, with a more positive sense of, of, of life in ourselves. There was a guy, Dr. Emoto, who um, did work on, he did some studies on water. Uh, mm -hmm. and in The Secret, he was in the movie The Secret. And what he found, mm -hmm. what they found in their studies, they took some very close, you know, uh, pictures of water molecules. And they spoke negative words to the water. And the water became very murky. And then they spoke loving words to the water, and it became very clear and, you know, very, uh, you know, fresh and clean. Mm -hmm. And so we're mostly water. And yet think about the thoughts that we have in our, in our minds oftentimes that are, you know, opinionated or they're angry or they're just negative or they're self-fulfilling prophecies of doubt and ambivalence and so on. Those are the kinds of things that, you know, we can become more conscious of as a way to start be, being more healthy. Mm -hmm. um, and so when we do this work that we do, which is in line with so many other processes of transformation, the whole uh, purpose of it is to get more connected, intimate, intimately connected with ourselves and uh, a more positive sense of what really excites us. And what really I find is inspiring to me is when I'm in a creative place, when I am in a process of being authentic in terms of my own experience that is truly me and a sense of that, that joy of sharing that for myself and the world. Um, and again, that is what's encapsulating that sexual energy. And this is what we call the systemic intelligence of that energy beyond all of the stuff that we've got on it. Again, the shame, the fear, the guilt, the pornography, the, the lusting, and all the stories that we've got around it. Again, this energy was creating life before we had language, so it's kind of like tapping into electricity when it was just shooting across the sky before we learned how to power computers and light bulbs and so on. So we're learning, and we're, this is old and new. I mean, forever we've been procreating, creating life with sexual energy, uh, last hundred or so years recreating with the development of contraceptives. And so what Elsbeth and I are sharing in, in many books and has been around for thousands of years is how to co-create with this creative intelligence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very interesting. So, either one of you please expand on co-create, how you would do that. Yeah, that's a great question. So, in order to be able to co-create with this energy, we need to be able to tap into this energy. For some of us, we try to avoid the energy because it's so loaded from when we grew up. You know, some people got sexually abused, so there is so much suffering and pain connected with that energy. Mm -hmm. Others, you know, may have gotten stopped, like, you know, the mother walks into the room and the boy masturbates, and something from that moment on is like, oh, this sexual energy needs to be kept secret. So there's a lot of secrecy perhaps around it. Or some people, you know, compensate with uh, expressing that energy. They become obsessed with the energy. You know, so from suppression to obsession to avoidance to, um, you know, feeling guilty about all of that, that is what we want to clear. So... We also call this, you know, where the healing takes place. Healing ourselves from that that has eluded us, that has kept us from being fully connected to our 
life force energy. Because if we don't clear this, it's always going to be murky, just like Freddie described it with the water. You know, if I have a negative thought or an automatic interpretation or disposition about this is a bad thing, it's sinful, uh, uh, or I need to uh, keep it secretly, all of these interpretations hold attention. So we are all about flow. When we are constricted, energy cannot flow. We are only fully in our liveness and a sense of fulfillment and wholeness when we flow. We can observe this in the body, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, like with the blood flow, if the blood flow gets impeded, we don't feel well. So if we bring this uh, example to our life force energy that is sexual in nature, then we don't want anything there that's impeding it, like that makes us feel bad about it. So the first level is to heal. And then the second level is to learn practices, intimacy practices that cultivate the connection to our creative, pleasurable life or self. So you hit on what I, I don't know what I was told, but I just remember that sex was sinful and I actually believed it for so long I was 21 when I first had sex because Mm. I felt dirty about it and and I shouldn't be doing it. Mm. And the thing about that training for so many of us is that look at the systemic uh, impact of that in terms of your own pleasure, beyond the sexual, just in general, you know, being kind Mm -hmm. to yourself, your own creativity in terms of your authentic sharing of who you are in the world. Those are the things that get snuffed out uh, through that very intimate, um, you know, denial or, or, or uh, you know, making wrong. Mm-hmm. So, so things start to open up when we start to bring some more positive experience and some consciousness to the sexual. And you can do that with yourself or with your partner. It's really starting to tap in at a deeper level to the essence of what that energy yeah. can be. Now, I also want to be very clear, Catherine, that we are not going... R- right away to the sexual energy in terms of having a sexual experience. Mm-hmm. If we were to do that, we may, you know, mess up more than doing good. Mm-hmm. Because whatever we are used to in our nervous system, in our thoughts, in our narrative, that will be played out unless we shift that narrative, unless we shift the nervous system. Mm-hmm. And, and go ahead. So, so this is where the clearing comes in. And so there are processes involved where we guide people to tap into early experiences where this contriction may come from. Like if you were to you know, go through this kind of a process, you may get in touch with, you know, where you learned this in the first place, and you may even remember, and you may have done work around this, you know, when that really took hold of you, that the sexual is something dirty. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we get it explicitly, you know, told. Other times it may be just through the way our parents, so like through osmosis, we pick Mm -hmm. up, from our parents how they are with each other or how they are with themselves like guilt gets transmitted in an unspoken way so there are many ways of having learned that having appropriated how we are with our sexual life with energy and so to clear that and I'm curious where you are now with you know your own sexual self if I may ask um, I would like to say that it's connected to my disposal system. Um, I 
am always running to the bathroom. I have bladder problems and I have IBS. I had most of my colon removed already and it affects my sexuality. Mm -hmm. And it it makes it like um, I have to say to myself, I am allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, let's say that I guess it's tough for me. Yes, yes. So may I open a possibility? Yes, please. Yeah. So, you know, you are so connected and familiar with the angel realm. Mm-hmm. It's like when you speak about that, it feels like I'm cradled in Mother Earth's arm. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, that is how you. I felt. Yeah. Thank when you. you. You are so welcome. When you, uh, you know, read the cards initially, not only that it was so on, but there's always the reader of the cards who makes the music, so to speak. And the music you make in the angelic realm being connected to that is really like Mother Earth hmm. holding that and that may be you know something to further tap into because that is your connection to the earth for you I have to sense it comes through the angelic world okay and just just to give a little taste of it just like if you were to tap into the angelic world as you do it so, I mean, so beautifully, so touchingly. Thank bringing you. Bringing it all the way down into what we call in uh, Sanskrit the yoni of the woman, which is the sexual center of the woman. Hmm. And the yoni, which means sacred space, like into your sacred space, receiving from the angelic realm in your sacred space that both is the fountain of life-giving pleasure energy as well as also the connection to the earth. And I just want to put this out into the ether here for you that Mm -hmm. there may be an access you already are having to the angelic world where there may, may be further healing available on the physical that may connect you further to your pleasurable, alive, you know, creative self as it emanates from your yoni center, your feminine essence. How does that sound? That sounds very beautiful. Thank you. Um, I believe through my angels and other people doing readings for me that I was sexually abused and I wiped out a lot of my childhood that I can't remember. And yeah. I've been told that that's probably why. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's a place, Catherine, where even if we don't remember the details, Mm-hmm. We can clear the energy. Okay. You know, so just that you know that there are opportunities and ways where also then your physical self may come home to rest and to be peaceful, particularly in the lower chakras. That sounds beautiful. Thank you. And thank you so much for being so open with us. Oh, I, yes. My heart is touched. Mm, Thank yeah. you. Uh, like, like I said, that uh, we will touch on some of my own. Um, I'm an open book with the world, but I will not share some specifics. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that your open, intimate vulnerability is a guide for all of us to remember our own intimacy, you know, and it's a better world when we do. Um, so with the work that we do, and specifically as it relates to traumas in our life and issues that seem to stop us from being more happy, fulfilled, you know, inspired and so on, um, we start to uh, get in touch with the, if you will, the what-so of a situation. So there's the past and then there's the story that we have about the past. Now it's a story. I mean, not to, not to diminish the impact of the moment when it happened then. It's how mm-hmm. do things live for us now. And in the practices, what, happen, what happens is we start to develop what we call a witness state of mind. 
the witness is the observer of the conversations that we have about the experience that we had, particularly negative things. And so in that practice or that process, we're starting to get a little bit separated, a little bit of a a break from the total, what we call total felt sense of the story. Because even though something was traumatic, maybe I got beat up, you know, when I was 20 or something, I didn't. But if that was the case, that was a real physical experience. But as it lives for me now, I can remember the traumas and I can be uptight and be, become very verklempt about the whole thing. So to, to step away from that total felt sense is part of being more effective with the past. So one of the exercises we teach is a breathing practice. Mm-hmm. That's the beginning practice. Can we yeah. share it with you? Let me just yes, please. build a little. Okay, so, uh-huh. okay, Freddie, would you lead the practice? Okay, so this is just a real short, and then I know Elspeth's got something to add to it. I just want to say this. So this is how it goes. We just sit comfortably up as straight as we can, okay? Your eyes can be open, closed, or soft focus. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And just acknowledge any holding or tension in the body. Let it be. Let it go. Excellent. Now bring your awareness to your breathing through your nose. Follow it with your consciousness down your trachea into your lungs, extending into your diaphragm and belly like a big balloon. Maybe put a hand on your belly. And as you inhale, fill your hand up with your belly like a big balloon. Now with your awareness and consciousness, follow your breath back up and out through your nose in your own pace, depth, and rhythm. Let's just do a few breaths like that. Keeping your hand on your belly, letting your thoughts come and go. Breathing through your nose following your breath down your trachea, into your lungs, extending into your diaphragm and belly like a big balloon on your inhalation. Follow with your awareness your breath back up and out through your nose in your own pace, depth, and rhythm. So one more breath like that, letting your thoughts come and go. Following your breath into your nose, trachea, Lungs extending into your diaphragm and belly like a big balloon on your inhalation. Following with your awareness, your breath back up and out through your nose. And while you continue breathing in this way, with your eyes closed, take a moment and notice how you are feeling right now. Notice how your body is feeling. Notice any sensations or the absence of sensations in your body. Notice your emotional state. Just notice. And notice your state of mind. And then slowly come back by opening your eyes. And Catherine, if you would be open and so kind to share how you are feeling right now, perhaps as a voice for all of us. Yes. I am very different than most people. Um, Number one, I have sleep apnea, and I discussed this with my medical doctor. Um, Sometimes I don't breathe at all. And when I just did the exercise, it's typical, the rest of my body tightens up, my head tightens up, my my mind actually sometimes closes, my legs were very tight, my arms were, but all the area that I was focusing on and thinking about the breathing, that all relaxed. So I have a mixture, and I don't know how to get the rest of my body to relax when I do this breathing. Well, if you continue to do this breathing, you will eventually get to that relaxed place. Okay. So what I also get from what you shared just this moment Mm -hmm. is that while you have access to to relaxing, to letting go in some way, 
Mm-hmm. Your ba- body may not trust yet. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you. And trusting is really has to do with letting go. And the body, you know, has the memories. And so to for the body to let go, it means to trust. And there may be some mm-hmm. wisdom in it that it doesn't yet. Mm-hmm. There may be an opening just even through this conversation, to even the inquiry into, hmm, what may keep me from trusting? What keep may keep my body from trusting, not looking for the answer. Mm-hmm. No, being open to the unfoldment. Okay. I will yeah. keep that all in mind. That that was wonderful. Thank you. Yes. So this practice, you know, where we come into stillness, calmness, is the place where intimacy arises. I cannot connect intimately with Freddie if I'm not connected intimately with myself. (laughs) So intimacy really starts with the self. And the simple belly uh, breathing practice allows us to tap into that space of stillness where intimacy arises. And from that place, I can start watching my feelings. I can start watching my sensations. I can watch my thoughts. I can witness my life or sexual energy both when it's in a subtle stage, just as right now, or when I'm in a, an aroused state, because then I can start moving and affecting the energy while we do not generate energy because it's already with us, always. We do mm. not generate energy. However, we can affect life with energy through the breath. And that is how we mm. can affect sexual aroused energy so that it can move throughout the body to really supporting our physical health, our emotional well-being, and our spiritual connection. Mm. Yes. And um, to add to my own experiences, I forget about doing the breathing and focusing like that. How would I get myself to remember that on a daily basis? One of the ways we can start to embody this as a regular way of being is to do it regularly. So what I like to do is 10 belly breaths in the morning before I get out of bed. So if you put a hand in your belly and you just breathe into the belly, really extend into the belly as we did, we start to build more capacity, familiarity, and accessibility to that type of breathing, which is called parasympathetic breathing or Buddha belly or belly breathing. And what happens when we breathe that way versus sympathetically up in the upper chest and the lungs, which we do naturally all the time, we don't think about it, is one, we give our mind a little bit of a pause from the story making we do around experiences. It's like when I heard you say, I this and I that and I this and I that. It's like a mantra that we're giving ourselves about our limitations, you know, and not yes. to say that they don't exist, but we're just reaffirming energetically and emotionally and linguistically that this is what's so. So when we can start to be even aware and have a little bit of a space from that automaticity, then we can start to shift at a very subtle level the impact of that story. So just to forget what I just said, just do the 10 belly breaths in the morning and let the mm-hmm. rest of it just start showing up. When the story starts, you'll have, you will have developed a capacity to see the story before the felt sense. And hmm. that's, what, that's, what's, that's how we start to shift the impact of these things that so deeply have us. And we all have some version of it. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to maybe write a big note for myself next to, like on my night table or something, say, remember to breathe. Right. Just do it 10 in the morning. It takes you a minute to do it. And then just Mm -hmm. watch what shows up during the day when you go, when you start a story that might be something Mm -hmm. that doesn't serve you. And, 
Catherine, that practice, this very practice of the conscious belly breath, is mm-hmm. actually on the DVD download that everybody gets mm-hmm. with this podcast. Okay. So this is a practice that, you know, for yourself and everyone who is listening today has an opportunity to tap into and have this is how we would love to accompany you beyond this conversation so that this can become a reality in your life and in everybody's life who is listening today. Thank you. And since we're discussing that, can you please share the, um, the link that they can get this from? Yeah, the link, wow, this is a more extensive link. I thought we were mm-hmm. going to put it on your, you know, where they can find the podcast. Yes, recording. I am that going to. The easiest way. It's called, okay. it's called Creating Intimacy and Love. And we call it creating instead of falling into it. You know, most of mm. us are familiar with falling in love. And while that may feel beautiful and wonderful, the thing is that it's not sustainable. You know, Mm. it has to do with our hormones. It has to do with that nothing stays the same, including our emotions and feelings. So how would it be if we learned practices to create intimacy and love consciously? Because once I know the principles and practices to create that, I have it at my disposal for the rest of my life. Mm. And so the download, this video download, is the first step towards that, creating love and intimacy consciously. Okay, thank you. Yes, I will have that up on the website and when I share it in social media. So we will share that. Um, we're almost out of time, and I just want to ask quickly um, about your book, Sexual Enlightenment. Yes. Just some basics about it. Yeah, so Sexual Enlightenment, how to uh, create lasting fulfillment in life, love, and intimacy, is where we really lay out the basic distinctions for what we have talked about, the principles, and also the practices. In the book, it, we give the background. Where is this coming from? You know, both historically from the tantric ancient times. Tantra comes from East India, and also is, we are also influenced by the Tao, the Tao of sex from China. And then how this is to be brought into our modern lives in the Western world, where we then combine it with what Freddie mentioned earlier, how we create our life through language, what we utter, what we share reveals what consciousness we live in. We want to shift our consciousness around the sexual, around the intimacy. We want to create lasting and fulfilling love and intimacy. We really want to learn about what consciousness we live in, that a lot of it is expressed in the way we speak and share ourselves. So all of that is in the book laid out, including our stories, how we came to what we are doing today here together. And, uh, yeah, it's just a pleasure to share this with you and everyone. And it's available on Amazon.com. Thank you. So they'll also be sharing that on the website and social media. Um, I, I really gained a lot of insight from everything that you explained to me and walked me through. Thank you very much for that. Hmm. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for your graciousness and generosity, Catherine. Yes. So both of you, if you each want to share what you think the most important thing for our listeners to take away with our conversation. One, that we are creating our life and that in any area of our life that we don't choose it, to look at what's there about you know, a disconnect in terms of really being authentically enrolled and inspired about what you're up to in your life, 
uh, and <clears throat> two, to keep breathing parasympathetically. I'm telling you, that's the best thing I can tell anyone who uh, doesn't have a meditative practice. And even if they do, it'll really start to shift and get us back on track in terms of what it is we most deeply desire and inspires us. Stay inspired. Thank you. And Elspeth? Yeah, what I would like to share is to keep listening to your heart. And for me, how to best do it, do this, is to breathe and really bring my energy, my focus to my heart center, to my love center, and listen uh, to my heart and love center, both for my own sake, like when I feel like I have to figure something out, there's nothing to be figured out. It's about me listening to my heart, and then my heart will let me know the answer. So I want to convey this, so take this with you. And I also apply this in my relationships, you know, when I don't know what to do, listen to the heart. And when I open my heart and connect my heart with Freddie's heart, Mm-mm. I can receive what may be there for him. That's beautiful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. What's very interesting, as we were talking and I moved my decks of oracle cards, one of them somehow fell out and just fell behind. And it's interesting because it's a deck that I don't use too often and I can't remember the name, but the card itself is... The novice, innocence, beginner, ignorance, new skill without practice, unstable curiosity. And so this is like a great conclusion to everything that you shared with us because in essence, we're all being a, beginning a new journey as per what you described to us. And mm. I definitely feel that um, anybody, I guess, you know, like myself, should reach out to both you, Elizabeth, and Freddie and, you know, take away that novice feeling and get the experience that you need. So what are your two thoughts on that card? Well, let me say that that's beautiful because every moment is a new moment. So we yeah. have to get comfortable with the unknown, with the, with the uh, magic, if you will. Um, it's like uh, the perfections in the perfecting. And oftentimes the creative, doing something that I've never done before requires me to let go of what I know. Mm. And that's oftentimes, it's like the chaos of the universe, the Big Bang. Uh, and so to be comfortable with, with the unknown and with, um, with confusion, if you will, and that's where the breath comes in, to trust and to know and listen intuitively and be clear about your vision and continue on your path. And that's, that's what we can do. Yes, definitely. Thank you. Mm. Elspeth? So, thank you so much for opening this up uh, to the audience that they are welcome and invited to connect with us. And uh, everyone is invited to, you know, also if they wish for a complimentary consultation to really look at what may be there on an individual level, what may be the opening to tap further into. So thank you so much Mm. for allowing this to emerge here in the conversation and to extend this invitation. Yes, you're welcome. I had a great time talking with both of you, and I will call for one of those consultations to further our discussion. And again, I recommend that everybody else that feels in the position of, you know, similar to what I described about myself, that you do reach out. So I thank both Freddie and Elspeth for being with us and all the information that they shared. And everyone listening, thank you for your time and for listening to everything that Freddie and Elizabeth had to say. A lot of great information. And then again, remember to subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss any important information that my guests had to share. And remember to share it with your friends too. 
If you would like me to speak at your event, please contact me at Catherine at CatherineMLab.com and my website is TheCelestialSpoon.com. You can download a free report on overcoming stress and learn more about my other products and services there. If you email me and mention you heard me on my podcast, I will give you a 10% discount and we can connect in many ways throughout the world. And again, you can find Freddie and Elsbeth at two different places. I will tell you, the basic one is www.tantranova.com. That's tantranova.com. And get your free, free gift, which is Creating Intimacy and Love, the download that they spoke about at tantranova.leadpages.co slash creating-intimacy-love-dvd. This is Catherine Lab. Have a wonderfully blessed day. Thank you for listening to our conversation. We hope that you found the discussion to be rewarding and inspirational and you take action to create a healthier and happier personal environment for yourself and those you interact with. If you like this episode of The Celestial Spoon, please listen again next time to learn more about how spirituality has guided others to advance their lives. We wish you the best on your personal journey.